Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. This is episode 141. Hope you're doing well this morning. We're going to talk about the SBC for a little bit, and then we are going to talk about John 16. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. I ask for your leadership in this conversation. I pray that this would be helpful for people. God, thank you so much for everybody that's tuning in. And uh, God, lead this time. I trust that you're going to. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Hope you're doing great. We had a great day yesterday, Lord's Day. It was a phenomenal time worshiping together. We were in Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. And the first sermon last week was called uh, The Pure Gospel. This week is No Other Gospel. And it was just a great time preaching in Galatians. I love that book. And our church has responded really well. We were packed wall to wall yesterday, which is always fun. And, you know, it was, it was really neat just to see a little, uh, little guy, five years old, Noah, baptized. And a friend of mine, Derek, got to baptize his son. And it's just neat to see what God's doing. I hope, I hope you're recognizing and seeing the work of God around you. And I hope things are going good in your church right now. I really do. I know that uh, some people have had to find new churches in the last year and a half due to the response that churches have had from COVID and that sort of thing. But I hope wherever you're at, I hope you have a really great community of people that love you and that you love and uh, with solid leadership. And it's just a really great thing to be a part of a church right now that is uh, so healthy. And uh, it, even, out, even though I'm one of the pastors there, I get to have pastors myself, and we're just so grateful to be a part of our church. It's been so fun seeing what the Lord is doing. And we're getting ready to move into our new building, and so we've got all these different building projects going on, and it's just a lot of fun right now. But uh, all right, let's talk about the SBC. Our church is a Southern Baptist Convention church. We are also part of the Nine Mile Association in Illinois, in the southwestern part of Illinois, and we're a part of Illinois Baptist Association. I did not grow up Southern Baptist, but when we went to plant the church five years ago, we wanted to plant through an association, through a network, through a denomination, and so we planted through through NAM and North American Mission Board, and we planted through Sojourn Network, which used to be a part of Acts 29. We have left the Sojourn Network for various reasons, in fact, for some of the same reasons of the SBC, and we've got dear friends in the Sojourn Network, but the Sojourn Network was just going in a direction that we were uncomfortable with. It's now Harbor Network. And there were five big reasons that we had to leave. And we made that decision and we felt really good about it. And really, I hope that more and more people either leave that network or see the network change. But there's a lot of great men that are still pastoring there. It's just uh, it's a little too woke for us. There was that network. And then there was NAM. And NAM was not in charge of assessments when we first got assessed. We went through assessments through the Illinois Baptist with Charles Campbell, who's now with NAM, the North American Mission Board. And the process of assessment was really helpful. We really enjoyed it, my wife and I. It was in a season where we really needed people to, to care for us and, and, and love us. It was a, a difficult season of, of life and ministry, but God was faithful. We had our held, head held high walking out of a very difficult situation, and they were great. The assessment went well. They ended up funding us, and we've planted now. We planted five years ago, and our church really is, is self-sustaining, and God's brought the people, and uh, we, we don't receive funding anymore from NAM or from Sojourn Network, obviously, now not being a part of the network. But what transpired over the last five years, I think almost everyone knows. If you've been in the, on the internet, you know what's going on in the SBC. Maybe if you don't really follow up with, with stuff like that on the internet, if you're a local person, church member of an SBC church, you may not be as familiar. But there has been, yet again, 
and some would argue this because there's always sides, isn't there? There's always sides. There's always a right and a left. There's always, uh, you know, theologically and, and politically, there's always a right and a left. And there's always those who want to be in the middle and, and try to play the road of being neutral or that third way route. But now in the SBC, two years ago, there was a, uh, a resolution that was signed, Resolution 9, that was uh, about critical race theory. And critical race theory, if you're not aware, has an entire worldview that presupposes its principles. And the worldview is anti-God. It presupposes a different sort of authority than the scriptures. And then it extrapolates points about race and race relations throughout the world through Marxist lenses. And it is a, it's a very, <laughs> it's diabolical. It, it really is. And it seeks to build up dividing walls, even though it claims to tear down these dividing walls. We've seen that over the last two years, that the contention and the hostility within the SP SBC from both sides have gotten more and more and built more and more. And, and I want to say hostility is not really from the side on the right. And I'm going to use the right-left language here because, uh, and, and not that everybody would neatly identify themselves with either the right or left here, but uh, just for the sake of conversation, you have the founders crew on the right side and you have uh, basically uh, J.D. Greer and uh, Russ Moore on the left side, okay? And Russ Moore is now gone, praise the Lord. Um, and in fact, a good trajectory has begun of those who are leaving the SBC, with Charlie Dates leaving, Beth Moore leaving, and with um, Russ Moore leaving. That's the good direction. You, you don't want the, the conservatives leaving like, like being required in the Methodist Church. So in the United Methodist Church, it's all the conservatives that are having to leave, and the liberals are staying with the buildings and with all the finances and, and all of that. In the SBC, the good thing that's happening is that there's precedent being set about who's leaving, and that's a really good thing based on what we see with Russ Moore and, and some others and, and what they've been speaking about over the last few years. But with critical race theory this year, the, the, the convention is it's such an important thing because we're going down, we're going down tomorrow. We, we get 12 messengers as a church, and I think we're only actually bringing four. We're going to vote, vote against Resolution 9. Honestly, I think there's so many people that are just fed up with the conversation of race relations in our country. They're fed up with the continual apologizing. Um, here's the deal. The blood of Christ unites us. I was in Ephesians this morning, and we're going to be in John 17 or 16 here in a minute, but it was in Ephesians this morning, and it's, it's just so clear. Hey, listen, Jesus has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. We don't need critical race theory. We have a thing called the cross of Christ and his resurrection. We have the blood of Christ that unites us. It's kind of like a duh moment, like duh, we don't need critical race theory. That's ridiculous. Why, why are we looking to other sorts of schemes and plans and worldviews to understand how we're to relate to one another with, with different colors of skin? I mean, it's ridiculous. We are united in our humanity with every color. Black and white is united in our humanity. We're united in our rebellion and we're united in our only hope of redemption, which is the blood of Jesus. And then when Christ saves us, we're united. We have the same seal of the Holy Spirit, the same guarantee of inheritance, the promise of being sons of God right now. We don't need anything else. And if, any, if that's not enough for black brothers, if that's not enough for white brothers, then they need to repent of that and they need to unite around the cross. It's, it's that simple. Every single believer, if the cross is not enough to unite them, if they think, well, we need Jesus plus you know, critical race theory to bring unity to this denomination, then you're functionally rejecting the sufficiency of Scripture. You're functionally rejecting the blood of Christ. It's as simple as that. And here's what we need as a convention. We need a W.A. Criswell moment, if I got his name right. We need a 1980s moment where somebody's going to stand up and kick out the liberals and stand up for the word of God and say, thus saith the Lord. 
That's exactly what's needed at the Southern Baptist Convention this year. If there's not going to be a rallying point around the Word of God, around the cross of Christ, then there is no way forward. Ed Litton, if he gets voted in, there will be a split, I think, and a rightly so split. It'll, it will be a good thing that the SBC is on the brink of splitting if things don't go in the right direction. If Mike Stone gets elected or Randy Adams gets elected, it's very possible that there's going to be a split the other way. But here's the deal. I'm not as concerned about a split as I am people uniting around the cross of Christ, uniting around the Word of God. I mean, that that's the crucial point here. If you're not willing to do that, then you don't need to be in the denomination anyways. Peace out. Good riddance. And we hope that you'd find repentance and return to Christ one day, whether that's in a different denomination or wherever. But you've got to come to the point where the cross of Christ is enough for race relations. And then when it comes to the issues on gender that the SBC is facing, well, can a, can a woman preach? Maybe she can't be an elder. We know that the Baptist faith and message says that she can't be a pastor, but maybe she can still preach. Guys, this is a functional, uh, again, rejection of the sufficiency of Scripture. I mean, look at your Bibles, for goodness sake. Don't lick your you know finger, get the wind of popular opinion, and then go to the Scriptures and try to defend whatever the wind of popular opinion is. Look at the Scriptures and just simply agree with the Scriptures. No, a woman can't preach. She can do a lot of other things. Men can't have babies. So that's a restriction put upon us by God. Restrictions are not bad. Christ was restricted in his speech. He was required to be silent. And he was silent to honor his Heavenly Father. There is a Silence is not a, a lack of dignity. It's a very good thing when the Father asked the Son to be silent that marched him to the cross. And that was powerful and life-giving and that, that is a good thing. It's a good thing when the church submits to Christ. Like the, the functions and the roles of both the male and the female, it's a beautiful thing. And if we are embarrassed about that, well, then the issue is with us being ashamed with God's word. And, you, you know, we've talked about this so, so many times, that you are not allowed to be ashamed of God's word. We're not allowed because Jesus said, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of him before my Father in heaven and before the holy angels. And none of us wants that. So this SBC this year is crucial in the area of race relations, on the on the on gender roles, and are we going to lean into the scriptures and trust in the cross of Christ, or are we not? Are we going to embrace, you know, continue to embrace critical race theory, continue to embrace egalitarianism, and really walk away from Christ and walk away from the scriptures? Is that is that what we're going to do? And so we're going down tomorrow. Uh, Brandon and I are going down, my uh, buddy from our church, and uh, Andy, one of our co-pastors, and, and Brandon is an uh, elder in training at our church. Andy and Kathy are going to be down there, and we're going to be voting for Mike Stone, and we're going to be voting to, to get rid of critical race theory from the denomination forever. So I hope to see you down there. If you're there, please bump into me. I hope to bump into you. would love to see you. Shake your hand. Thank you for listening, and, uh, and hopefully spend some time just getting to know you a little bit. So please, if you see me, come introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you. Okay, John 16. Um, just one thing from John 16, and then, you know, we're, we're almost done with this this uh, this series through the Gospel of John, and then we're going to move on to some other things, and then I've got some really big announcements about some podcasts that we're going to be launching here, uh, a podcast that we're going to be launching here soon with uh, Brian Sauvay, Scott Tungay, Bo Hutchess, Riley Voth, who's the founder of Majesty's Men, and really has helped me with with all the podcast stuff and and the whole website and just everything. He's a dear friend of mine, and we're going to be launching a new podcast soon. It's going to be pretty exciting. So you want to you want to uh, tune in and keep tuning tuning in for that uh, for that information. But uh, before we go here, John sixteen. Here's what Jesus says: I did not say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to Him who sent me, and none of you asks me where are you going. But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. 
it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. What I want to focus on just quickly is that Jesus said things to them that brought sorrow to their heart. They didn't understand, but sorrow was brought to their heart by Jesus. Jesus told them that he was going away and that he was going to send the helper, which is the Holy Spirit. And because he told them this news, they were very, very sad. And Jesus didn't stop talking to them because they got sad or because sorrow filled their heart. He continued to tell them the truth. This simple point that's so applicable, we see it over and over again in the Gospel of John, is that Jesus was concerned with the truth, he told the truth, and he told the truth even in a tender and a compassionate way, or in the way of a lion, when it was required, but he told the truth regardless of the cost. And he did it with care. He did it with his disciples, and he told them about the Holy Spirit, and told them it's going to be to their advantage. But sorrow was there, and it filled their heart anyways. And pastors, if we're going to pastor like Jesus, it's going to be time after time that we're going to have to learn how to talk to people in a tender way. We're going to have to, at other times, the lion's going to have to come out. But we're going to tell the truth, and there's going to be times that sorrow fills the heart of people. And that's okay. That's okay as long as we're telling the truth and as long as we're shepherding people. Sometimes shepherding people well and sorrow filling the hearts of the people go hand in hand. And we've got to have the courage and the wisdom and the leading of the Holy Spirit to be able to do that in the way that Christ would have us, in the way that Christ did it. Okay, that's the nugget. That's it. That's what I got. Hope you guys have a great week, and thanks so much for tuning in. Please share this, like, subscribe. If you want to support the work, there's accruing cost every month, about $50 a month. Um, and so please, if you want to send in money, you can send a check to 325 Ashwood Lane in Carbondale, Illinois, 62901. Or you can support online at, at theshepherdscrook.co. Hope you guys have a great week.